Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, if it's your first time listening to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, or maybe it's not your first time, but you just haven't done what I'm about to say, do it now. And that is subscribe if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, follow the show. It doesn't cost anything. It's not going to bug you in any way. You're not going to get spammed. All it's going to do is just remind you when a new episode of Hot Takes on a Plate drops so you never miss an episode. You don't have to listen, but you do want to listen, of course, because I think we I think I do a pretty good job with this show. So anyway, make sure to subscribe, follow, do what you got to do. Like the show, five stars, of course. Thank you very much. Here we go. What are you doing this Thanksgiving? <laughs> Boy, that is a loaded question. But it's the very first question I'm asking my guest on this holiday edition of Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, Washington Post food and dining editor and cookbook author Joe Yonan. Joe, thanks for taking the time to get in the hot seat. Now, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, man. So um, it looks like my husband and I are going to have a couple friends over um, onto our outdoor backyard terrace. Um, Distanced, masked, um, under our spanking new patio heaters that we got, um, even though it looks like it's going to be 62 degrees on Thursday, so I think we'll be fine. Um, and yeah, and serve um, a meal, a menu that, frankly, I am still trying to decide on. Is, is it <laughs> stressing you out? Is it stressing you out? No. No, not really. I mean, I was a little stressed about the whole, you know, should we even have people over, you well, know, that, cases yeah, are spiking so much. That's why um, it's a loaded question. I think, yeah. you know, look, there's this tug of war. People, they they want to see their family. They want to see their friends. A lot of people haven't seen their families in a long time, and this is the first time in a long time. But it's coinciding with these massive spikes in numbers. So, I mean, should we even be seeing loved ones? And it sounds like, you know, if we are going to, you're kind of doing it the way I guess we should be outdoors and all that yeah. jazz. Yeah. I, you know, I've spent every Thanksgiving for the last 10 years with um, one of my sisters, um, usually on her, uh, her, at her place in Maine. Um, she lives on a homestead with her husband in Southern Maine and they grow all their own food. And I love doing Thanksgiving there because it's like, the real harvest festival, you know, we actually cook everything that they grew oh, and nice. we make it in their wood fired brick oven. And it's just a dream come true. And, and it kills me to not be going up there for Thanksgiving. It just doesn't feel like Thanksgiving, um, without being with them. And yet I'm, I don't feel like it's the safe thing to do to travel, to potentially expose them um, they're being really careful, but, um, you know, it's, it's too far to go also without stopping yep. somewhere. And then that raises all these questions. We're certainly not going to fly. Um, so yeah, I would say, I mean, I would advise people don't travel for Thanksgiving. You know, the safest way to have Thanksgiving is to just have it with the people in, in your household that you're quarantining with. Right. Right. Um, the and if you want to involve family and friends that are far away, do what we are all kind of sick of doing by now, but do <laughs> what it we're over doing Zoom. <laughs> what we're doing right now, do it over Zoom. 
you know, share the menu, share the recipes, eat the same things if you want, um, so you can have some kind of connection. Um, we've certainly heard from a lot of readers that they're doing that kind of thing. But, you know, if you want to do the next best thing, you know, and have a very small number of people over, preferably people who you really know and trust what their own safety habits have been, right? So, you know, they haven't been traveling, they haven't been going to parties with lots of people inside, they haven't been clubbing with hundreds of others, you know, <laughs> um, that kind of thing, you know, and do it outside. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a, a line in the sand that I'm just not going to cross. Like, nobody's coming in. I mean, if they, if they need to come in and use the bathroom, they're going to go one at a time, and there's one bathroom that they're going to be allowed to use. And, you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but I'm telling people number one only. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, because there's been stuff nature nature calls sometimes joe nature needs to call before they come over to my house <laughs> especially after a thanksgiving meal joe this feels yeah. like torture <laughs> yeah get in the car go but but you go. know what but you bring up a good point because a lot of <laughs> delicate conversations are happening right now yeah. because different people have different risk levels and you're talking about having these conversations with loved ones and i know yeah. i was nervous with my own family because my thanksgiving has been in the last number of years we go to my parents house a couple hours upstairs from where we are in Brooklyn. And, you know, my kids are just, they love it. It's like a thing for them. They're nine and five. And, you know, we eat pretty much the same menu every year and we look forward to it. And, you know, I know for a while my mom really wanted us to come and we were trying to brainstorm, how do we do this? Do we get tested in quarantine? What do we do? But my dad had some doctor's appointments and there was, you know, my kids were in school. Now the schools here in New York are shut down. So that's not as much of a concern. But finally, my mom kind of, came to the conclusion of maybe we don't do this. And it was like, it, it was a relief to me. It was like, yeah. oh, thank you. Like now I don't feel that pressure of possibly breaking your heart. But what we are doing is, because uh, we live in a small apartment and we're tired of it, is we're renting an Airbnb not too far from my parents. And, oh, nice. you know, we I kind of did the research. Is this safe? Is it, it, and, you know, it sounds like it is. And, um, and we're going to go up there and then at some point see my parents outdoors masked. Right. And right. so, you know, we're not going to eat the meal with them. We'll just see them. And that way, you know, we get a little bit of everything. Right. Right. I'm hearing from people who are doing things like they're having their meal, um, you know, with their own family and then their friends or, or their other family members are having their separate meal. And then they're getting together for maybe an hour for a warm drink around the fire pit, yeah. you know, outside. Um, and one of my staffers is doing um, at the post, Becky Crystal is doing a, a dish swap with her family where Oh, cool. um, you know, they live a few hours away and, um, you know, they're making extra things and then they're, she's going by and they're like actually physically swapping, um, some dishes, you know, safely. And then they're taking them back to their own respective dining rooms and, um, and eating them. And I think that's a really, a really good idea. You know, what's, what's interesting about the difficult conversation, um, piece that you mentioned a minute earlier is that I've heard from one of my reporters, Emily Heil, wrote a piece about um, safety of, of uh, just hosting people generally outdoors right now. And, um, you know, one of her sources brought up the analogy that 
you know, you should, in, a, in some ways, it harkens back to the days of safe sex when, um, you know, we're still, people should still be having safe sex, but I mean, when it was first really a concern. Like the AIDS uh, epidemic. The 80s with the AIDS epidemic. And I, I came of age, I'm a gay man, I came of age sexually in that era. And I remember, you know, you really do have to be comfortable having difficult conversations with people that you are intimate with. And you have to be asking them questions. You know, where have you been? I cannot <laughs> imagine dating right now. Like, I could not imagine being a single person oh, right now. Man, I'm so man, glad I'm I not. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, no, I know. no. I know. And, you know, I will say this. After, after the election that we just had, it might be a blessing in disguise to sort of have some Thanksgivings canceled, <laughs> right? Like, like, you know, everybody talks about their quote-unquote crazy uncle. This might be a good year to keep distant. <laughs> right, right. It's always a problem, isn't it? Like, you go, you go home and you have to have these political conversations. I mean, SNL has made hay with um, fabulous sketches on this topic. Like, didn't they do Adele a couple years ago as the only person who could bring Thanksgiving together um, after 2016? <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's Thanksgiving can be fraud. You know, I mean, if you're seeing extended family, depending on how your relationships are. No, that's why so. I've always liked this, this tradition I've gotten into now with my parents. It's just like me and my family, my mom and dad, and sometimes if my brother's available, he's there and that's it. And it's yeah. nice because we don't have, I mean, I'm not going to say we're all the same, but like we don't have the the wedge issue of, right. of Donald Trump interfering in our lives right now. And that's kind of nice. Yes, it is. Yes, I, I can... My imagine. dad's a registered Republican and he's never liked the guy. And it's right. just, it makes me like so just warm inside. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, listen, I wanted to have you on because Thanksgiving is the Super Bowl of the food journalism world. There's so right. much writing, recipe developing. And as the head of, of food coverage for a major newspaper slash digital food section, you know, who better to cover these bases? But it's always surprised me that people actually want recipes on Thanksgiving because I've always seen Thanksgiving as like the time for tradition, the time for those right. childhood memories. It's, it's that, that, you know, it's the thing where you go, I have this once a year and I want this and I want it every year. Dang it. Cause that's what grandma makes or that's what aunt Sue makes or whatever. And so it's always surprised me, but people do want the recipes. Does it surprise yeah. you? Yeah, it does. I mean, there's an old saying in food um, journalism about Thanksgiving, which is that you can add things to the Thanksgiving table, yes. but you can't take anything away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. Yeah, no, it's weird. And it's hard to honestly, of course, and other people have talked about this, it can be hard to come up with new ideas every year. You know, I mean, we, of course, have focused on the turkey a lot. And, and there's breakthroughs that we sometimes feel like we have. Like I remember when I first started at the post, we did, um, we came out really strong and did a big piece on how here's the thing, people do a small turkey, 12 pound at the most. If you've got a lot of people, do two 12 pound turkeys. Don't do anything more than that. It just makes it so much harder to get yes. right. So that one year it was that. Of course, one year, of course, there was the whole brining thing, right? We've gone round and round about do you brine? Do you wet brine? Do you dry brine? Do you know brine? Oh, and we're going to get to that. Don't you worry. 
Okay. Um, and then we got into the, you know, spatch coughing was, we were one of the, we're going to get to that too. Don't you worry. Okay. All right. These I are, these are some hot, there. these are some hot takes that are coming your way. Don't worry, but I should, I should shut up then so you can get to them. No, but I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say this, uh, you know, I had for, for about nine years, I hosted an executive produced a food franchise for Verizon Fios one news up here in the tri-state area, restaurant hunter. And, you know, obviously we, we did Thanksgiving stuff. We did a, a, a thing called our ultimate holiday feast every year. And for me, you know, I was always amazed by just how much people wanted the recipes, but we would get our favorite chefs and we would get one to make an entree, one to make a side dish, one to make dessert. We often ignored turkey altogether because we tried to be different. And also we called it holiday feast because it re-ran after Thanksgiving. So it could have been, you know, if you, Hanukkah, it could be Christmas, it could be whatever. It's holiday season. But right. the one thing that it needed to be was it needed to be recipes that meant something to these chefs in their families. I did oh, not uh-huh. I did yeah, not want nice. chefy, bon appetit oh, looking, God. fancy, frou-frou. I wanted like this is what, you know, give me a story. I just wanted stories. Give me that right. that story, you know. And one of my favorites, I'll tell you, was uh, we had this one. It was a uh, a soul food restaurant um, on Long Island, L.L. Dent. It was a mother and daughter, Lisa and Lillian Dent, and they were making banana pudding. And I I saw the recipe in advance. I was like, all right, basic banana pudding, great. They're great on camera. They, oh. they, they're, they're, they're the odd couple because the mom is, is like very prim and proper, and the daughter is just loud and wisecracking. <laughs> And so they start making it on camera and I'm, I'm producing and it turns out she just owns up to it on camera and says, you know, this recipe is basically off the Nilla wafer box. Yeah. And I love yeah, yeah. that. I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Like I've got like a chef. She used to be Eddie Murphy's personal chef and she's talking about how she makes the, the banana pudding off the Nilla wafer box. And I'm just dying. You know, those package recipes are good. I mean, some of them are better than others, but they're not bad. Those package recipes are not bad. Actually, last year, it's funny you mentioned that. Last year, we, my, um, one of my main recipe writers, um, reporters, Becky Crystal, who's so great, she did uh, upgrades on the back of the package recipes. So that's awesome. She took the, you know, the Libby's pumpkin pie recipe and, um, you know, of course, the, green bean casserole recipe, um, and others. And, uh, and she made little small tweaks, uh, very small. I love it. The upgrade a minute. People, millions of people make those recipes, you know, millions and millions of people make those recipes. So they're right. It's, it's so brilliant because it's right there staring you in the face, right? You don't have to look up anything. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, to me, a recipe is, it's not something that needs to be followed to a T unless it's baking. It's, it's, you, you get to riff on it, you know, so you, you customize it. It teaches you the technique and then you do you. Right, right. Well, right here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. And Joe, now that we've established your Thanksgiving credentials, Uh let's jump into this. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to throw some hot takes your way. You tell me if I'm right or wrong and why. Okay. Okay. Number one, this is my big one for this year. (laughs) If there was ever a year not to cook, this is it. You've, you've cooked too much in 2020. I've cooked too much in 2020. I'm tired of cooking. I'm the one who cooks everything in my house. I'm exhausted. Totally. And look, not only am I exhausted, not only is the gathering going to be a lot smaller, so what's the point? But right now, my favorite restaurants could use a little help. Yeah. And so if there's ever a time to get your Thanksgiving dinner catered, to get somebody else to make your turkey, to get somebody else to make your sides, 
and we, that this is it, and that's what I'm doing this year. When we go upstate, I'm going to be bringing a turkey from one of my favorite places here in Brooklyn, the Gumbo Bros, a Cajun uh, butter-injected turkey. Uh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sides from a place on the way up. I got to give them a shout-out, Liberty Street Bistro in Newburgh, New York. We had him on Restaurant Hunter. Mike Kelly does a fantastic job. He's doing the sides and also the pies. He's got a, a bakery next door, Newburgh Flower Shop. And that's what we're doing. So tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. This is the year not to cook. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah, absolutely. Don't stress about the menu, Joe. Do what I say. Absolutely. If you you don't feel like cooking, definitely get as much of it as you would like. Yeah, now's the time. I've gotten pieces of the menu for years from people. You know, I'm I'm vegetarian. My husband is eats poultry and fish. He's a poultry lover. So for the last several years, I've gotten a turkey from a barbecue restaurant. Um, you know, a smoked turkey from a barbecue restaurant, nice. and then I can concentrate on cooking the things that I want to cook. Right. So it's just an extra uh, step to just just outsource it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I will say I do have some anxiety around this year's Thanksgiving. Um, the listeners know this. You, I'm sure you don't know this. But um, in January, I actually had a heart attack. Oh, man. And so, you know, I I have changed a lot of the way I eat. and mm-hmm. But, like, it's Thanksgiving. And right. <laughs> so there is this part of me that has a little bit of anxiety about eating certain things like I know look I know rationally I'm on a ton of drugs and rationally one splurge meal is not going to do anything to me but the brain doesn't always work that way Do do you have any advice for for how to manage that well, I would say try to eat slow, right? Like try to eat <laughs> portions, slow. portion control. Slow. Try to eat slow. You know, that's one of the things about Thanksgiving, and it's fun in a way. But you know, when you cook a huge meal and you you've cooked for days, and then it gets demolished in a matter of like seven minutes, and you, and you just look <laughs> at the scene and you're like, oh my god, how did that happen? Um, you know, that's the, but that's also anytime you're eating, that's the best way to make sure that you don't really overdo it is to go slow because it takes what 15 or 20 minutes for your brain to register that you're exactly you're my, my, you just described my wife's approach to food. My wife does not cook cause she just doesn't understand why you would put in the work for just a couple of minutes. <laughs> in fact, I always joke, you know, that, that term cooking with love. I always say she cooks with disdain. She's just <laughs> angry that she has to do it. And she's just like, it's so you can taste the disdain in anything she makes. Well, it sounds like it's a good thing that you enjoy cooking, <laughs> yeah. except for uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, next one. You did say that you are, are a vegetarian, but let's look. I mean, you 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 are in charge of a major food section. You are not I've cooked it. I've yeah, eaten everything. You, yes, you 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 you're not. You have yeah. not been a lifelong vegetarian, so you can answer turkey questions just fine. Yep. Um, there is no reason when it comes to a turkey to wet brine it when you can dry brine it. Like, I just True. don't understand this. Uh, wet brining is messy, sloppy. You're just loading it with fluids. If you've ever done a dry brine, you're just rubbing the thing with salt. I rub it with salt, brown sugar, some paprika, maybe some toasted fennel, star anise, uh, and I just leave it in the fridge for a couple of days, right. covered, and and then you you wipe that all off and you rub, rub something underneath the skin, butter, ghee I do sometimes, uh, maybe a little citrus in there, and you're good to go. That's yeah, it. Tell me, I'm right, tell me I'm wrong. You're right. You're right. Let the chemistry do the work for you. You don't have to find a tub big enough to soak the damn turkey in. You can dry brine it. I would also say, and maybe you're going to get to this, 
but I don't even think you need to do that. I mean, I've sort of come down to like, and, and in the section, we've come to a simpler and simpler and simpler way of cooking the turkey. Just roast the turkey. It's fine. It's really fine. I will say, I, okay, yes and no. I think I mean, that, you can dry brine it. I'm not saying that it doesn't add no, some I think I think but. we're in a time and period right now, you know, with COVID where, like, I've been meditating since February and learning to be kind to myself. You know, you hear this term now, be kind to yourself, be, you know, forgive right. yourself. And I think with Thanksgiving, you have to have that approach to an extent, right? Like you have That's to, right. you have to be able to say, all right, so it's not perfect. It's fine. So yes, I agree with you that if, if, if it's too stressful to do all the dry brining and do this and do that, then yeah, just throw a little salt on it and throw it in the oven. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But if you want to find that nice balance of effort to deliciousness, then I think a dry brine is a way to go. Yeah, I mean, the problem with turkey, as I'm sure you've said before and other people have said, is that it's two birds in one, right? It's the white mm -hmm. meat and the dark meat. And the problem is that by the time the dark meat's done, the white meat's overcome. So there have been countless articles written about how to make up for that. The brining, dry or wet, is one of them. Uh, Spatchcocking is another one, evens out the level of the bird, makes it cook more quickly, more evenly. People, certainly people go to other extremes and cut the bird up completely, right? You're ruining the Norman Rockwell look, but, you know, you can take out the legs when they're done and you can, you know, take out the breast when it's done. Um, you know, those are all ways. But the fact is, if you, especially if you use a, if you roast a fairly small turkey, not a really large turkey, you can season it simply. I would say you cook it. We have a recipe on our site for a very simple roast turkey that's 350 degrees and it takes two and a half hours and it's great. You know, I, no last year for the first time, I cooked my turkey on a, um, on, on a roasting pan. And I think that helped yeah. because I think I don't like doing the um not a roasting pan. I'm sorry, just like on a on a baking on a rack. Pan. Yeah, on a rack. Yeah. Like not on a yeah, like a, on a ba on a baking rack, like a cooling yeah, rack. Kind like, of. like or just like on a uh, yeah, like it, but but ha basically the key is like I don't like those roasting pans where the turkey is submerged at all. Right. You know, because right. I think that really especially when you're doing, you know, the breast cooks quicker than the legs and now you're submerging the legs. It doesn't make a whole lot in the undercarriage. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. You know, so having it, you know, where the whole thing is exposed to the heat Absolutely. is perfect. But, you know, you mentioned spatchcocking and my take on that is that spatchcocking is for suckers. Uh, I, yeah, I, no, I, I don't, yeah, no, you're wrong. I, I, it may make a better Turkey, <laughs> but I, you mentioned Norman Rockwell and let me tell you Thanksgiving for me, is all about that presentation, baby. I want the sexiest looking turkey on my table. I want that wow, aha moment. And when you spatchcock a turkey, you are robbing me of that moment. And the thing I love about turkey the most, Joe, is, is I love the fact that it's a challenge. Ah, right. I like right. the challenge. Right. It's, it's hard to make turkey good. Anyone who goes, oh gosh, I love my grandma's turkey. You're probably lying. I grew up with a grandma, great, great cook, Except for the turkey. I never liked her turkey. I loved her stuffing. Right. I loved her. She made baked ziti, Italian-American on Thanksgiving. Love that. But no, I love the challenge. Well, 
I'm not going to take that from you, but, <laughs> but I also think that butterflying or spatchcocking, it's more fun to say spatchcock, isn't it? Let's just be honest. Yeah, that's another um, thing. I hate this term spatchcocking because it, I mean, it, it's butterflying. We've, we've like, but we had to come up with some fancy frou-frou term to make it sound cool. Funny to say spatchcock though. It's oh. funny, especially if you say it in a British accent, you should try it. Try it. Uh, uh, spatchcock? See, did I do? Did I get See? my accent? I think yeah, I was channeling See? Mr. Bean there. <laughs> but the thing about um, when we did it, when we when we did the butterfly turkey, we presented the challenge to our food stylist, and we said, "Look, like reassemble we it. it. We did a video. We did a video <laughs> of it, and she just it was great. And she just garnished the. Can I curse on here? Sure. She garnished the out of it <laughs> it, uh, it looked great but yeah it's all it's about what your priorities are right if you want the norman rockwell turkey and if you want you, you know if that's your definition of thanksgiving then definitely don't ruin it do you do you all right we're gonna play a new game here what we're gonna play one's gotta go you only get one so some of these i'm gonna do you know you've seen the internet thing the twitter thing you know they'll show like a bunch of pictures and you you know one's gotta go yeah we'll do that on some of these and some i'll say you only get one so the okay. first one is that one's gotta go okay mashed potatoes candied yams stuffing mac and cheese one's gotta go candied yams why um because i'm gonna have pie <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. See, if I picked that one, my wife would kill me. It's the one thing she looks forward to the most. And she makes like the most, and I say this lovingly, it's not a knock, but the most basic recipe. It's like, you know, the Bruce's canned yams with the marshmallows on top. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's like, and, and that's like her baby. That's her, no, that's her baby. Like she can't, that's not like everybody has that one side that they need in their life. That's her side. Like I, like it has right. to be there. Yeah, we uh, we updated that one too. Um, we put a little pineapple in it. Whoa! Um, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And then we did. We took the sugar down. We added pineapple, and then we also we did large marshmallows, and we sort of spaced them out a little bit too, so that you you know you there were marshmallows and they were browned, but you didn't have to get a bite of marshmallow. <laughs> and it was the idea was. Can we turn this into something that people who love this dish and people who aren't crazy about this dish can both a happy medium? You're probably like. ticking yeah. them both off, though. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually this year we're getting because uh, I'm not cooking. Um, our version of that dish is going to have a meringue on top. And I'm oh, that very, very excited. That's for a that. good idea. Very excited yeah. for that. OK. Yeah, I think if I had to take one, if I had to take one off, I'd probably take off mac and cheese just because I've never done mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. Uh, like I said, my my grandmother used to do baked ziti, which was kind of I, I think every family has that one like quote unquote weird dish that's not like traditional but it's your tradition right and for us it was baked ziti like that was that was thanksgiving yeah. for us did you have well, one of those dishes great. um yeah i mean well first let me say mac and cheese is very traditional in the south right and yes. certainly an african-american household so my husband's yes. african-american so i always we always have mac and cheese um and collard greens at thanksgiving um, and don't even get him started on pumpkin pie. He's like, 
pumpkin pie? What are you talking about? But, but you see, isn't that interesting how that works? I think there are like people in America who don't realize that like there are cultural differences to Thanksgiving. Like for instance, I grew up in the Northeast Italian American family. Stuffing for me had sweet Italian sausage in it. That was right. my stuffing. Always, when I, always sausage. When I, when I met my wife who grew up in Northern Virginia, not uh, her dad's Italian, but they grew up in Northern Virginia. Her, her dad actually grew up in Hawaii mostly. So they're not that Northeastern Italian American. And she thought I was crazy. She's like, what right. do you mean? Sausage in a stuffing. There's no sausage in a stuffing. Has she had oyster stuffing? No, no. She's they're not, they're not certainly big in parts of the world. Too. Yeah. Parts of the country. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But it's, isn't that and interesting delicious. how that works? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I didn't answer your question. In my house growing up, I would say the one thing that we always had at every holiday and definitely Thanksgiving was something that my mother called, I grew up in West Texas, um, and something that my mother called Texas salad, which was, um, which was iceberg lettuce, a can of beans, um, a block of cheddar cheese, a bag of crushed Fritos, and a bottle of Catalina French style dressing. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love always, it. Always at Thanksgiving. That's Texas great. salad. Yeah. That's great. Every every family's got one. All right, next one. You only get one of these. Okay. Cornbread, Parker House rolls, biscuits, King's Hawaiian rolls. What's your bread? Oh man. Um, am I by myself? <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, it's your it's your holiday. It's you do my you. holiday. I'm going for the Parker House rolls. Yeah. Nice. I love a soft dinner roll at Thanksgiving. I've made for many years, I've made this James Beard uh recipe for sweet potato rolls um that's very similar um to Parker House. They're just but they're but but they turn out this beautiful uh color. Um but yeah, I love a pull-apart roll on the holiday table. Yeah, and look, I think like I I love all four of those, but oh, you know, yeah. to me to me again, growing up in the Northeast, biscuits are not Thanksgiving for me. Uh, and and cornbread, as much as I love cornbread, the thing about Parker House rolls or the King's Hawaiian rolls, which we tend to do, is they're great for the leftovers. You know, the next right. day when you get that that turkey and the cranberry sauce and the stuffing, you make like a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich. sandwich. It's great to have one of those rolls. Yeah, yeah. It's also great to have like six in a row at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Now we're going to do a one's got to go. Okay. All right. Now I'm just going to list, list. This is just ingredients. You do what you want with them. So okay. the ingredients that you get to work with. One's got to go. Brussels sprouts, <laughs> green beans, kale, mushrooms. One's got to go. Oh, man. You're asking the vegetarian. Yep. Hot seat. Um, hmm. For Thanksgiving, particularly. Yes. yes. Uh, green beans. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a hot take for Thanksgiving. Green beans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know why? I mean, I know people do it, and I've certainly done it too, but I'm a little bit of a seasonal fanatic when it comes to vegetables. And I'm always like, green beans in November? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Um, (laughs) I mean, I grow green beans, you know, and I have a big garden. I grow, you know. Good point. And and I I still think of Thanksgiving, you know, I mean, with, with some exceptions, but I still like to think of Thanksgiving as a harvest festival. 
No, I, I'll be honest with you. Like when it comes to vegetables at Thanksgiving, you know, obviously I, when I do, I shouldn't say obviously, but when I do a, a turkey, usually I throw like some carrots and root vegetables underneath it. Uh, I, the only of those, the only one of those four vegetables that I do at Thanksgiving is believe it or not, kale. Yeah. One of our odd traditions is we do a kale salad. Cause I like to have something that's not cooked, something that's a little bit lighter and Agreed. fresher at the table. And I'm not really like a, in general, a kale salad guy. But for the moment, for for Thanksgiving, it's nice to have that hardiness. And oh also, the one good thing about kale is that it, it can withstand dressing. It oh, doesn't yeah. wilt and, so quickly. And in fact, it it needs yes a good dr- amount of dressing. It needs and acid, water. and it needs acid, and it and it need it can stand up to really powerful dressings, which mm-hmm. I love about it, like super garlicky, spicy, um, acidic dressings. Um, the other thing about kale, which is so great. Um, at Thanksgiving is it's just going to scrub you out. It's going to scrub your insides out. <laughs> when, this is why this, you, this is what I should have said earlier about the heart attack thing. But you've, you're already doing this. It's fantastic. Eat a raw kale salad. Yeah, it's we're getting like, that catered this year. Liberty like Street it, Bistro oh, is making our kale salad, so excellent. it's part of it's it's part of it. And uh, but I guess it clean your insides out. I guess you're not going to be serving that at, at your get together since you said you said no no number two in the Yonin house. <laughs> right. Maybe the kale salad is to go for everybody. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Us. All right, you only get one: cranberry sauce or gravy. Well, I mean, cranberry I mean, sauce. Yeah, I mean, I, what, what I'm me, you, yeah. For me, cranberry sauce. That's a very tough question about the table in general, though, right? Yeah, because right. people want the gravy. Um, I do always make, you know, half gravy for the meat eaters that are at the table. Um, but for me, even, even apart from the fact that, you know, I'm vegetarian, I want that tangy acidic element on the table it drives me nuts when everything at thanksgiving just tastes rich and butter and heavy yeah right right i mean i love that right like i just talked about eating six of those rolls in a row but But you need balance but you need balance and you know and i have a fairly acidic palate like i really like tart me too and so i want that i mean i usually make a cranberry pie it's one of the pies that i often often make at thanksgiving and have cranberry sauce. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I will say if you're going to shortcut somewhere, the cranberry sauce is a great place. The canned cranberry sauce is fine with me. Slice it up, lay it out. It's nostalgia. I'm okay with it. I know. I know some people are okay with it. Joe is upset. I've upset Joe. I, I, I mean, it's fine, but I really love fresh, freshly made cranberry sauce too. I just love it. I got to take a break somewhere. That's my break. Just give right. me. And also, okay. also my right. family just likes it. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. Last one. One's got to go. Pumpkin pie, apple pie, pecan pie, sweet potato pie. One's got to go. Pumpkin pie. Bye-bye. <laughs> I will say, I will say... When you get a great pumpkin pie, which I have had, I there yeah. was a great. I've 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 I made a recipe one time for our ultimate holiday feast with a baker who was actually roasting cheese pumpkins for her pumpkin pie. Fresh, yeah. it was amazing. But most pumpkin pies are not that great. They're not. They're not great. And you know. The other pies are just, they're just better. The other pies are better. Well, I guess for you, sweet potato pie, you want, because you got rid of the candied yams. But but if I was getting rid of one of them, because I have to have the candied yams, I'd get rid of the sweet potato pie. Yeah. 
Right. I like a sweet potato pie, but you know what? My, I, I love a good pecan pie. So that would never, oh, yeah. that that's always it's very underrated. Although, you know, I have to say I have very strong opinions about pecan pie and, um, I've had so many terrible pecan pies because I don't, I'm not a fan of the goo, the goo okay. that sits between the pecans and the crust. In fact, when I was a kid, I would take the slice of pecan pie and I would scrape off the pecans and set them aside and I would scrape the goo off and I would put the pecans back on the crust without the goo and that's what I would eat. But then if there's no goo, is it too dry? No, you just need a better recipe that has a higher pecan to goo ratio, which a lot of, there are some really good Southern pecan pie recipes that have a high pecan to goo ratio. And then, yeah, you, you need the goo, you need the goo. But what I hate is when it's like, two inches of goo yeah, and yeah. then like just a thin layer of the ha- pecan halves on top. I find that fairly disgusting. So, um, so I do a pie from Virginia Willis, um, the Southern cookbook author, um, and the, and the pecans are chopped up and, and there's like three times as many pecans as there normally would be. And they're bound in the goo. Um, and so it's still, you know, moist and great, but it's just, it's just, there's just a, lot of nuts in there which is what i want the pecan pie to do yeah it's uh i will say that is a filling pie if it's heavy on the pecans that is a dense filling pie because i mean nuts i will say if you're somebody who you're looking for a a good snack to just sort of tide you over there's there's really few things better than nuts because it doesn't take a lot to fill you up it doesn't take a lot to fill you up but i'm also one of those people who read that uh dietary advice oh just you know use a handful of nuts and i'm like i've never been able to eat a handful of nuts (laughs) can you eat a handful of nuts i can't eat a handful of nuts i will say i started eating i'm about to to give a shout out to a product there's this i think it's called skinny dipped they're these nuts that are on the market now where they're like they're 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 coated but it's a it's a thinner layer of coating so it's not as sugary they're addictive i can i can plow through them like just you know those very really good good. yeah so i i get what you're saying when you put the right coating on a on a nut but i i will say the king of all nuts if we're gonna not to get too distracted here but to me the ultimate nut like if i'm ranking nuts there's nothing better than (laughs) pistachios pistachios Uh, are just i use them in so many things like i sneak them into salads i sneak them into even like savory entrees and like for texture and flavor when i make when i make pesto i use pistachios i don't use pine delicious delicious the best i agree do a feature on pistachios if you haven't joe do a whole whole thing all right a, a whole section, maybe a whole or section, a whole series of stories, maybe just a pistachio. Just go, <laughs> right. go hog wild on pistachios. Go, we'll go nuts. What you're <laughs> there you go. Go nuts, <laughs> Joe. Direct people to your Thanksgiving coverage in the Washington oh. Post. Where oh, where can yeah. people find it online? Because this is you know this is going to drop a couple days before Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I think everything will be out by then. Uh huh. Yeah. Probably the best place to go is voraciously.com. It's our food destination um, that has a ton of this stuff. And we have a couple of really incredible collections. We have a sheet pan collection of five sheet pan Thanksgiving recipes that will please a lot of different people. There's like one's turkey legs, one's turkey breast, one's chicken, one's duck, one's stuffed squash. And we have this fantastic pie package that Aaron McDowell did for us. She has a new pie book coming out with like a mix and match pie thing that we did. Um, that's fantastic. Um, and yeah, the best place to find all that is at voraciously.com. 
Absolutely. Some of the best food coverage in America. Joe, thank you so much for joining me here on Hot Takes on a Plate. And if you are listening for the first time or maybe not the first time, but you haven't done this yet, please subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify, you can also like the show. Five stars, of course. Leave a comment as well and make sure to share with your friends. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rob Patron TV. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com. Till next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for BLEAV on YouTube.